theme we've been on is the blessing. Such a broad, broad um, subject. And I just looked at, um, I love looking at dictionary meanings of words because they can have double meanings. And there was about seven meanings to the word blessing in the dictionary. The one I chose to share with you this morning was the bestowal of a divine gift or favor. That's the blessing. Bestowing a gift, divine gift or favor. And that's where the blessing of God comes in. Then I started looking at, you know, what does it mean to every individual when they hear the word blessing? What does it mean? Is it, is it just about the money? Is it just about the big houses? Is it just about the good cars? They're all so good too. But is it just that? There's so much more. And as I started to dwell on it, I thought, you know what? I am so blessed, so, so blessed that I have a great wife. I am so, so blessed that I have a, there's a great mother for my children. I'm so, so blessed that she's hospitable. I'm so, so blessed that she's so giving of herself, not just to her family, but to others around her. Blessing. I look at my children. I'm so blessed they're in the house of God. I'm so blessed that they're serving in the house of God. I'm just so blessed that they honor and respect their elders. I'm so blessed that they kind of continue to honor mum and dad, continue to honor. And I pray that will come will continue even into their future. And then I started thinking, okay, I'm looking at myself and how blessed I am, but how blessed are you? How blessed are these two that just got married and come back from their honeymoon? What a blessing. What a blessing. How blessed our friends that are about to give birth to their first child. What a blessing. How blessed is it that we actually can come into church without being persecuted by a government? What a blessing. How blessed are we that we actually can wear clothes, that we have shoes. I've been to a few mission trips around the world, and I think that we lose track of what a blessing is. How blessed are we that we've got five fingers, two arms, two legs, two feet. How blessed are we? We, we take the word because it's used so often it kind of starts losing its meaning. But we need to go back and look at the blessing of God in our life. Let's not look at what we don't have. Let's look at what we do have and be grateful for it in Jesus' name. There's this scripture, Philippians 4.19. You've probably heard it over the last couple of weeks, but you've read. And this is, again, um, a great scripture that kind of, um, I gave my life to Jesus in 1995, November. And... In 1996, that came pretty solid and embedded in my heart because of a mission trip that I did to the Philippines. And it, Paul says this, and this same God who takes care of me, Paul has made a statement right there. He's saying, God takes care of me. And this same God that takes care of me will supply all your needs. I look at that when I was going on this mission trip, I've just started a business not doing too well, but, you know, just sort of keeping my head above water. And then the church advertises a mission trip to the Philippines. My heart leaped. I kid you not, my heart leaped. I don't want to go to the Philippines, let's be honest. But my heart, no offence to my Filipino friends. I love you guys. And just to tell you, I went about four or five times anyway. But my first trip 
Because my heart leaped, I felt a tug. Then I started to look at excuses, reasons to why I can't go. I kid you not, I was counting them, writing them down. And then we had a meeting for those who may be interested. So I thought, you know what, I'll just go. I'm just interested, not committing to anything. And I went there and uh, our pastor asked, why can't you go around the table? And I've got this list. I've got this list. I said, I'm at the right meeting. And then I remembered this scripture. I am telling you when it came to my turn, I actually said, you know what? I don't have a reason because my God made me a promise that he will supply my every need. He will look after my family. I had a young family. He'll look after my family while I was away. He'll look after my finances while I was away. He'll look after my health. To top it off, <laughs> this was a real, I don't know, sparrow in the works, you can call it. Everybody on the team went and spent, and they were sort of like saying, oh, how much did this tablet cost you? How much did this injection? Spent hundreds of dollars, up to $700 back then, on medication. I was ignorant of the fact that I needed immunization. I didn't know. I didn't think down that line. And by the time, a week before we were to leave, they're saying, what about you, Mick? I kind of scratched my head. I said, sorry. One of them made a joke and said, oh, you're going by faith. I said, I suppose so. <laughs> and then one guy pulled me aside and said, Mick, you need, faith is great, but go see a doctor just in case. When I went to the doctor, I'm not going to tell you what he offered me, but uh, he said to me, it's too late. You're a week away. There's nothing I can do for you. Can I tell you? I was probably the only one that didn't get sick over there. <laughs> Ate everything they fed me, except the balut. <laughs> um, but yeah, God is good. And I held on to that scripture. Because see, he'll supply my every need according not to my, what I think is rich, but according to his riches. According to his riches. And he, what he has in his hand is much better and much more than what I have in mind. Amen. Now, can I speak, actually, I wanted to do this. I wanted to speak this verse and prophesy into 2018 for every person that's here today. So I want to read it over you, but I want your heart to be in a position to receive the word that Jesus Christ is actually going to give you. It's an important thing that we walk into, trusting, knowing that God will supply you every need. Here it is. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Father, I just pray this over this church, Lord God, for those present and for those that aren't here, Father God. I pray that 2018 would be a year marked down in your history books, Father God, of a breakthrough that those would have in all in Jesus' mighty name. I will lack nothing, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of us might be sitting here and thinking, um, Mick, they're just words. You just read words to us. Well, it's a promise. And like every promise, it actually needs to be claimed. As you don't have to have faith that moves mountains, but you've got to have faith. And if I can break down the word faith to make it easier for us to receive this morning, because I was thinking about it, it's used so often again that sometimes it loses its meaning. But believing what your heavenly Father has said and trusting Him to deliver. That's simple as that. I can't place it any better than that. And the proof of that is, if you ask your children around you, my children, the proof of that is, 
<laughs> we make promises sometimes we don't mean to our kids. Anybody hear me? Okay. All right. <laughs> so, Brittany, if I may, Brittany, my daughter, okay, princess, um, when she was younger, some of you may have heard this story, forgive me if it's been repeated again, but when she was young, and I'm talking really, really young, she had this love for horses, for ponies, for four-legged things, you know, and um, every, <laughs> for as long as I can remember, every year for her birthday or for Christmas, what would you like? I want a horsey, I want a pony. So she ended up with a room full of stuffed ponies and horses, but she wanted a real horse. I'm talking real, the ones that you change their shoes all the time, comb them and hose them down, the real thing, the one that you ride on. I was, sorry, I wasn't like up here prepared for this. I'm thinking she's just a little kid, she'll get over it. And one day I said, you know what? When you finish your schooling, <laughs> thank you, um, <laughs> it tells me that I'm not the only one in this room. At the age of 18, she had just finished her HSC, I have just come out of hospital and I'm sitting there in the lounge room, she comes up with the picture of the horse <laughs> that she wanted. She said, Daddy, I finished my school, <laughs> this is the horse that I want and this is the address and we're going there on the weekend. <laughs> she held on to a promise that her father made. She never forgot, persisted to ask every day, maybe not every day, but every second day, remember, remember the promise you made, remember the promise you made. And when we remember the promises of God, knowing that he's all faithful, almighty, believe you me, he will deliver. Yeah. Believe you me, he will deliver because our God is good. Can we give him a shout of praise? <laughs> How do we activate the promises of God in our life? How do we bring it into action? How do we make it happen? Look, you probably hear it almost every time you come to church. Read the word, be in church. Pray, read the word, be in church, pray. Because that is in simplicity what the gospel is asking of us, to know him. How can I know him unless I read the autobiography? How can I know what he has promised me? How can I know what's written on the ticket that I've just purchased? If I win the lotto, I need to actually take that ticket and go and claim it. If I win the um, bingo, I've got to claim it, bingo! and go and collect my prize. How am I gonna know what God's promises and rewards are for me? What his blessings are for me? How can I go and claim them if I don't know what they are? So yes, you'll hear it again and again. Read the word, be in church and pray. And let the blessing of God come on your life. In Numbers 13, God has just helped Israel escape Egypt and they're walking around. God's supplying their needs. Water from a rock, manna from heaven, quail flying everywhere. All their needs were supplied. A cloud in the day to cover them from the hot sun. A fire at night to keep them warm. All their needs were covered. Then he says, I'm taking you. He made a promise. 
He said, now I'm taking you to a land that is full of milk and honey. Oh, wow. He is taking us into 2018 to a place we've never been, but it's full, it's rich, and it's abundant. And that's what we've got to hold on to. Because the Bible is so clear. And then he says, you know what, Moses, send out 12 spies. Now, did he really send out spies to see? I think God knew what was in there, but he wanted us to see how beautiful it was. And they came back with a great report. Look at the size of these grapes. Look at the size of these pomegranates. But then they also saw the giants. But God has already told them, don't worry about the giants. I'm giving you the land. Why are you concerned with the things that look so big before you? Why are you looking at 2018 as being a place of impossible? Why are you looking back at what happened in 2017 that has held you back? Why can't you just believe me? The word of God, that I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you that breakthrough. I'm going to give you all you need. All you need. They allowed fear to enter their heart. The picture of those giants got embedded in their heart. They couldn't see the promise anymore. All they could see was the problem. And it's so hard. It is so, so hard that when we're focusing on the problem, to see the promise that Jesus has given us. So if we can just flick our eyes about 10 to 30 degrees up and look unto Jesus, not unto the problem. And I guarantee you, there'll be no mountain you can't move. There'll be no challenge you can't overtake. There'll be no obstacle in your way that can't be removed. His word is so good. What weapons? He says, what weapons? No weapons can be formed against you. No weapon can prosper against you. Why? Because he has promised that he would be with you. What is it you're worried about for 2018? Is it financial? Come on. Seriously. Look at the blessing that you've already got. Look at the blessing that you've already got. And he can multiply that. Oh, I love the, you know, as very, very little do I talk about an offering message, but I love the offering message. Walk in obedience. Bring, okay, I brought. Whoa, hang on. The remainder of the verse says, and I will cause the floodgates of heaven to pour over your lives. Again, another promise. But how are you going to know it unless you read it? How are you going to know it and what to do with it unless you start claiming it? Lord, you said. My opening prayer was, Lord, you said when two or more. I didn't say. Lord said when two or more are gathered, we'll be in here, you'll be in the midst. And I believe he's here with us now. And the promise wasn't just for Israel. The promise wasn't for Israel, it's for us today. Watch this in Hebrews 4.2. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. To us, just as it was to them. I get a lot of people saying, but that was for them. That was for that time. You know, my God never changes. He's the same today as he was yesterday and he will be forevermore, amen? amen? That's the God who we serve. He's not gonna change his mind. He is never gonna change his mind about the love that he has for you and the greatness that he wants in your life. He wants you to live the best life. He wants you to take in his word. Instead of having the fear embedded in your heart, have his word embedded in your heart. So when you do come across an obstacle, oh, my God said this, and claim it. Enter the throne room of grace with confidence, and bang, allow 
please, don't sit for 40 years like the Israelites did in the wilderness before they received the promise. We're the only ones that can slow down the blessing of God. You can receive the blessing of God today. You can receive the blessing of God in 2018 for whatever it may be. I don't usually do this either. But I just believe deep in my heart, God wants some people here to know. Ladies, I'm talking to ladies. I, I, I'm going to follow through on this because I just had this on my heart as I was preparing. You will fall pregnant with me. I just believe God, not me, believe God. You will fall pregnant with you. There's someone here that needs to hear that. You will fall pregnant with you. And I believe that. Because I, I, I can't make this stuff up. I just believe what God can do. And if that's you, please don't resist, don't deny, don't look at what happened here last year. Oh, it didn't work then, why should it work now? Don't let that kind of thinking enter. Turn around and say, no, you know what? I'm going to stand on the word of God. The word of God said yes, and it will be. Amen. That's where it's got to stop. Use the authority. Many of us look at our problems in life as if they are giants. Why would, why would this scripture be in the, in the Bible for us to read that if you had this much faith, you can say to this mountain, be moved and thrown into the sea? I'll be honest with you. I've never seen a mountain uplift and get thrown in the sea except on TV. All right? But what is he trying to tell us? Mountain is an obstacle. Mountain is something that we look at that is really, really big. A mountain is something that is hard to climb. Not impossible, but hard. What he's trying to say is, if you look through the eyes of faith, if you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that your friend, that your redeemer, your helper, there will be no obstacle that can stand before you and him. There will be no obstacle that can stand before you, his blessing. No way. And that's why the scripture comes to life. And that's why it's important to know the scripture. How can you turn this around? You know, when we, when we, struggle, um, when we struggle through life, um, someone comes up and gives us an encouraging word. And sometimes, and I'll be honest, I've been in, in that place, sometimes it's not what I wanted to hear, but it's really what I needed to hear. You know, to have faith, and we know that we can't please God without faith, we need to have faith of that centurion that approached Jesus and says, you know, he actually didn't approach him himself, but he knew there was authority in the man and he knew what authority was, this centurion, because he would tell that man, do this and do that, and they would do it. And Jesus would say to this demon, go, this sickness, go, and they would do it. So there, there was something there that was happening. So the centurion sent the servant over to Jesus and he says, my servant's sick. Listen to what Jesus says. Matthew 8, 13. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home. Because you believe it has happened. Because you believe it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. See, God wants to release the blessing into our lives that same hour. We're the ones that hold it back. We're the ones that hold it back because we don't believe it. We allow this and the... Oh, come on. We allow the circumstances that have happened before. So our prayers are modeled around what has experienced, what has happened, rather than on the authority of the word of God. Come. 
If he says that you are a conqueror, how do you feel? If you don't stand up with your shoulders pulled back and walk around like a conqueror, well, you didn't really believe the word. If he says that the authority of the word says that you can actually step on scorpions and snakes, anything that comes to harm you, you can step on that, you can trample that. The word of God says that you will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. Come on, this is the word of God. Don't allow your thought life or your past experiences to get in the way because that's what slows down the blessing being poured out into your life. Our God is a good God. He's a faithful God. I look at the story of um, John, John the Baptist. He walked around in the wilderness preaching the coming of the Messiah. So he was at the Jordan River and he was telling everyone as he was baptizing them, I'm nothing compared to the one that is to come. And then, as you know, he gets imprisoned. While he's in prison, he calls his disciples over and he says, can you go and ask Jesus this question? And if we go to Luke 7, 20, John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask. There'll come a, lot, a time in our life when we also will ask, are you the Messiah? we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Like, you read that scripture and you think, hang on, this is John the Baptist. He was walking around preaching, telling them that Jesus is coming, the saviour of the world is coming. He's baptising people and he's saying, but the one who comes after me has always been, and yet my sandals, not worthy, his sandals are not worthy to tie. And now he's in prison and he's saying, could you just ask that guy if he is the Messiah, if he is the Lord, if he is the Saviour we've been waiting for, or should we look for someone else? What happened? He's allowed his circumstance, being in jail, to change and twist his thinking a little bit, to cloud his judgment. Now he's unsure. He's lost that little bit of faith. So he wants reassurance. He's not looking at what he has. He started looking at what he doesn't have. He doesn't have the freedom that he had before. And if you are the Messiah, well, you would come to jail right now and you would free me. He was puzzled. I love Jesus' answer. He didn't sit down and write a sermon. He didn't sit down and, you know, give him scriptures based on what Isaiah said or Jeremiah said. But he said this to the disciples in 722. Then he told Jesus' disciples, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. Go and see. Next week, we've got a healing service, I think. Is it next week, Brett? Come and see. Two weeks. Come and see. Come and see sickness being healed, cancer being cast out. Arthritis, wow. Come and see the goodness of the Lord. Come and see C3 Cares, the homeless being fed. People that have been lost in their identity being regained. People that have lost their faith in God has come back to God. Come and see. Come and see people's lives being changed. That's what our testimony is based on. And that's what John, that's what Jesus said. Go back and tell John what you see and what you hear. Can you recall one small miracle in your life? One small miracle. 
not a big one, a small one in your life. Hold on to that. By the power of their testimony, they overcame the accuser. Hold on to that. That is the same God then that he is now. Hold on to that. Whenever we feed ourselves with what God hasn't done, doubt starts to enter and doubt can actually take us right away from where God wants us to be. He wants to give us that life. He wants to give you that life.